Welcome back to the Chayar Ochanach Yomi Learning Program. You're listening to Daniel Eisenberg, and this is Sefer Yoshua Perak Tesvav. By Psukim, this is a, a very long um, Perak. If you take a look, it's uh, 63 Psukim, so you could be overwhelmed by looking at the end, but the truth is that a lot of these Psukim have really only three words in them, and there's a, a lot of conquering, so uh, you can definitely conquer this Perak uh, without concern. In today's parak, it talks about the conquest and, and, and the boundaries of the territory of, of Shevet Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda, and we have uh, Kalev getting his his portion in Hebron, as uh, my brother of Yeshua mentioned the other day, speaking about Kalev and his role as one of the spies in the, orig- in the original uh, spy mission of, of the land, and over here he's uh, he's following up on what he said was promised to him, the land in Hebron. And here he actually gets it in today's parak. Uh, but there's an interesting discussion that is uh, discussed, as happens with most discussions, that Kalev has a, a, a tough battle to deal with in Hebron. It says in Kiryas Ara, which is called Hebron, so um, he drives out the these all these giants Sheshai, Achiman, and Talmai, the children of An of the Anak, and he and there's a there's a place called Dvir. And Vishem Dvir, the Fanim Kiryas Sefer. This was also called Kiryas Sefer. So this place is called Dvir and Kiryas Sefer. Kalev says that whoever is going to be able to strike down Kiryas Sefer and conquer it, so Vanisati Lois Achsa Beti Leisha, I'm going to give over my daughter Achsa to anybody who's able to do that. And then there's a man, Osniel ben Kanaz, who is able to do this. He is the he is actually a half brother of Kalev, and he ends up marrying daughter Achsa. It's worth noting that Osniel ben Kanaz is actually going to be the next main leader of the Jewish people of the Shoftim as we enter the uh, the next Sefer of Tanakh. Uh, Shoftim, we're going to learn about the types of leaders then. Osniel ben Kanaz really is the first of them. Now I want to fill you in on a few points that Chazal say over here. First of all, uh, this interesting Radak who's quoted quotes Gemara and He says that what it's called Dvir, it's called Kirya Sefer. So he says Kibeloshon Parsi. Korin uh, Devir Lesefer, that the the Farsi word, the Persian word for Sefer, for book, is Devir. It makes sense. You know, in Hebrew, Devir is, is words or speech, so it's, it's not uh, surprising that, that those words would be related. But Rashi actually fills this in on much more for in a Gemara in Tamura, um, and it's, it's related to, to some of the discussions in, in uh, Mesechus Tainus. But basically, what's going on here is that there were a lot of halachos that were forgotten. Many, like over, over a thousand uh, halachos, laws, teachings from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu that had been lost. And Kalev was offering his daughter's hand in marriage to anybody who would be able to conquer these laws. And, and that's what it means by, by conquer the Kiryas Sefer, the, 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 the city of the book, meaning if you're able to help us understand these laws, the missing laws of the Torah that were forgotten, and Asniel ben Kanaz is able to get up and with his, with his, you know, the, the, his brilliance and the, the Mesorah, the tradition and the information that he already had, and the brilliance and perhaps divine inspiration to further figure out, he was able to deduce the rest of the laws and recover the lost uh, laws of Kiryas Sefer, and therefore he was granted the the, the daughter uh, Achsa her hand in marriage. Now this story is is interesting and actually helpful in its own right because it can answer certain questions that you might have in the text itself. 
why why has to mention Kiryas Sefer, how Kalev could make such an offer. It sounds like a strange and, and very risky offer, and uh, and other questions you might have in the text. But I, I want to focus on, just really for the next few seconds, just a, a different aspect, that this shows a layer in the story that is, is, is critical to, to understand, which is that we're not just talking about, you know, bloodthirsty warriors who need a place to live, but we're talking about people who are involved in the Sefer, people who are involved in Torah and mitzvahs and trying to do the will of God. And throughout the Sefer, we have seen, you know, battle after battle, and uh, really uh, a tremendous amount of, of destruction against the Canaanim, thank, thank God, <laughs> and not, not our people. And you might get the impression that my colleagues are just a bunch of warriors, but Really, that's not the case. The, the, these are people who were, who were uh, you know, beaten down slaves in Egypt. They wandered the desert for 40 years, and then this is the new generation. We are not given much information about any training they had and, and, and you know, details of, of, their, of their exercises and their workouts um, and their drills. We don't have much of that at all, and it's, uh, it's possible that they didn't have much of that. We're talking about a people that are just listening to the word of God, and that's why it's emphasized over and over. They're doing exactly what Moshe was told by Hashem and told Yeshua to do, and they're just following Yeshua's commands. They're just following the lead, and Hashem is handing over these nations right into their hands. He's giving them over, especially by Yericho, but we see so many other miracles where Hashem is very much involved, really running it. And keep in mind, we're talking about barbaric nations, people who who uh, offer their children as you know, sacrifices and are killing each other and are involved in all kinds of gileorias, sexual immorality. So we're talking about very, very barbaric people that were offered peace treaties and everyone except for the Givonim rejected the peace offer. Even the Givonim uh, originally rejected it and then later regretted it. Um, one of the one of the Kanani nations, the Girgashi, they actually fled when they were given the offer to flee or make peace or battle, so they decided to flee and go somewhere else. But they are just trying to do the will of God, take over, take over, and and really live in the land and be able to set an example and teach the world about Hashem and and be a model society for the world to learn from. Were there wars? Yes, absolutely. Was there bloodshed? Absolutely. That that all took place. But but in the context of understanding as as, as Kirya Sefer that. They're just trying to do Ratzon Hashem. They're trying to fulfill the Torah and mitzvos. that the conquering of land is the same as the conquering of the Torah, that we're trying to acquire Torah and f- figure out what Hashem wants from us and be able to follow through. We should be zochet to do that as well.